An historical document should not be considered a 110% reliably accurate recounting of history simply because it gets some historical details correct. Thus, in my opinion, apologists cannot claim that the canonical Gospels are strong evidence for the existence of Jesus on the basis that the canonical Gospels get some details correct. In this episode of the Tall Friendly Atheist Ad Podcast, I'm going to take you through a thought experiment that's gone with the wind. Damien, the tall, friendly atheist dad. I hope you're having a great day, and welcome to the Tall, Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. One of the cases I make against the assumption of the historicity of Jesus by excitable Christians is by comparing the Gospels with the story of Gone with the Wind. The reason for this is because I believe there are, there are a number of similarities between the two that highlight how we should look at the Gospels, things that should impact our assessment of the historicity question. Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell details the story of Scarlett O'Hara a teenage girl who grows up in the shadow of the Civil War. One of the most striking similarities between Gone with the Wind and the Gospels is that, just like the Gospels, Gone with the Wind makes references to actual people, locations, events and situations. The tale of Gone with the Wind initially takes place on a fictional plantation named Tara, situated near Jonesboro, Georgia in the US. Abraham Lincoln is mentioned numerous times, part of the story references General Sherman's march to the sea, and chattel slavery is also part of the story. So, we have no doubt that the author went to great lengths to create a believable story. Long story short, anyone who reads Gone with the Wind will have enough reference points to gain an understanding of how life was like in the late 1800s. Now, let us look at the Gospels. The Gospels recount the latest stages of the life of an itinerant Jewish miracle-working preacher with a small following who was proclaimed by some of the population to be the Messiah, a figure in Jewish belief who will rescue the Jewish people from their oppression and herald a new epoch of freedom and liberty. The bulk of the story takes place in Israel, then known as Judea, and references a number of historical figures such as Pontius Pilate, Herod Antipas, Herod the Great, Augustus Caesar, etc., as well as referencing a number of known locations, such as Jerusalem, Galilee, Nazareth, the Temple, the Marketplace, and more. Furthermore, the Gospels also recount the hatred of the people towards both paying tax and the tax collectors themselves, the general divides between men and women, 
between Jews and those of other ethnicities, and the fine line that the Jewish leadership of the time walked between wanting independence but avoiding all-out war with Rome again. So anyone who reads the Gospels will have enough reference points to gain an understanding of life in Judea two millennia ago. So, we can say with some surety that both the canonical Gospels and Gone with the Wind are a reflection of their times. But now, I want to take you through a thought experiment using a hypothetical scenario to help highlight some points that I want to make. In the year 2521, 500 years from now, a group of archaeologists dig through what used to be a library and find a copy of Margaret Mitchell's book. Thanks, Will. This archaeological team then read through the pages, maybe after it's been translated from English into whatever language has taken precedence at the time, and they see that this book references Jonesboro, Georgia. Well, hold on. We, we know where that was. The book also references plantations. Plantations existed, and so did the chattel slavery that took place at those plantations. This research team also then looks up a list of presidents of the United States of America, and right there is President Abraham Lincoln, the very same one that Gone with the Wind mentions. They then talk to another research team that specialises in military history, and hey presto, there was indeed a large-scale war that took place between 1861 and 1865 that split the country in two, that there was indeed a General William T. Sherman, and that he indeed led a destructive march through the state of Georgia. We also see that Scarlett O'Hara had siblings, she had domestic help in the form of an African-American slave, she gets married, becomes widowed, has children, and runs a business. None of these are at all beyond the realm of historical probability. So the question arises, are the people of the year 2521 justified in thinking Scarlett O'Hara was actually a real person? The answer depends on your standard of evidence. And when we consider the level of detail in the Gospels, does it give us reason to believe that Jesus Christ was an historical person as well? The answer, again, depends on your standard of evidence. But now, let me add two more factoids to this hypothetical scenario to begin the thought experiment. 1. 500 years after our archaeologists undertake their discovery in the year 2520, a group of people in the year 3021 form a society whose core belief, rightly or wrongly, is that in light of the fact that Gone with the Wind was an historically accurate narrative, Scarlett O'Hara was therefore a real person. And number two, in the 500-year time gap between the archaeologists making their finding and our hypothetical society forming in 3021, this hypothetical society has gained documentary control and has come to actively resist any notion of Gone with the Wind being simply fictional. Up to and including source redaction, persecution of heretics, well-produced refutations, weekly seminars, complete with elaborate buildings dedicated to the purpose, travelling groups of Ahara apologists, and more. So now, let us compare. 
If your standard of evidence is that the document in question simply gets a lot of historical details correct, then belief in the historical Skaladahara is actually logically justified right now. No need to wait for our hypothetical society to enforce an orthodoxy. If your standard of evidence is that the document is ancient, and a lot of people have read that document, then in a thousand years' time, belief in the historical Skaladahara will be just as logically justified as what belief in the historical Jesus is right now. If your standard of evidence is that not only is the document ancient, not only have a lot of people read that document, but also an influential group of people believe and advocate in the historicity of the main character, then again, in a thousand years' time, belief in the historical Scarlet will be just as logically justified as what belief in the historical Jesus is right now. If your standard of evidence is that lots of people who lived in the era when the document was produced said lots of things about the main character of the document, then unfortunately, both Christians and Oharaites have a problem. While the MO of our hypothetical society accounts for the fact that they went to great lengths to control the documentary narrative about Scarlet O'Hara in order to wipe away any critical mention of her, the unescapable fact is that nobody in Jesus' time immediately contemporary to him ever mentioned him or produced anything to this day that we can study to verify its historicity. There were no statues or coins produced, no birth or death records, no tax documents, and no trial transcripts, despite the fact that he is recorded as having been tried before both the highest Jewish authority as well as two separate Roman authorities. The earliest verified and undisputed mentions of Jesus we get from the historical record from independent sources that explicitly mentions Jesus by name and are not simply mentioning Christians or the Christian faith in general and is not considered to be either an outright forgery, an interpolation or a redaction is nothing at all. Yes, this is controversial. But if we take a sober look at the data, we see that while a number of mentions of Christians are made in the 1st and 2nd century historical literature, anything that relates to Christ himself either does not come until much later, is not independent, or the scholarship has shown that it's either an interpolation, a misinterpretation, or at worst a forgery. But if your standard of evidence is that it is simply ridiculous to think that either Jesus or Scarlet never existed because, firstly, no documents exist that question their historicity, and secondly, lots of people believe that either of Jesus or Scarlet existed and belief in their respective historicity even gives those people comfort, then you have fallen into the very trap that those who control the documentary corpus wanted you to fall into. It is well understood in the scholarship of antiquity that rival canons and sects were formed in the first two centuries after Christianity's beginning, including sects 
who believed in a non-historical and or non-physical Jesus, but that the sectarian war was won by those who endorsed the Jesus as historical man theology. The very same concept that our fictional society of Oharaites are pushing. Something to think about. If you want more thought-provoking content, head over to the blog at www.tallfriendlyatheistdad.com That's www.tallfriendlyatheistdad.com Check me out on Twitter at TFADad or head over to Google Books or the iTunes Store and pick up your e-copy of The Best Religion for the Task at Hand A Response to Creationism and Why Humanism is Morally Superior to the Bible You'll love it Thank you for listening to the Tall Friendly Atheist Dad podcast. Have a great day. Have a great week. See you next time.